We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Wombo Combo episode number two coming at you, a Dota 2 competitive podcast. As always, excited to be here. And I'm only one of your two hosts. I'm Breaky CPK. And, of course, joining me is BSJ coming fresh off an early stream. We'll continue after, of course. But welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, give me one second here. This is my fault <laughs> with technical issues. You are currently coming out of somewhere else. We'll figure this out together. One second. I believe in us. There we go. Now we should be good as far as that's concerned. All right. Good start. Good start. First try. First try. We were both a little busy uh, on the weekend at, at, at TwitchCon, of course. So just coming back now, but obviously excited to be here. And ready for a podcast. So, yeah, how, how was your TwitchCon, by the way, first things first? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, I think the most enjoyable part of TwitchCon for me was actually the people watching. Like, there's just a lot of interesting characters to be seen. Uh, people not only, like, dressed up as characters, but also just people in general. A lot, of, a lot of interesting folks. I mean, I guess that's the internet coming to life. It's kind of funny, like... I went to E3 and it was a little weird for me just because there were a lot of console games and stuff that I never play. And so I kind of felt disconnected a bit from the scene just because I don't have anything in common with console players who play games I've never heard of or that I've never played. But it was funny because at TwitchCon, you can kind of feel this. I have something in common with everybody here, which is just Twitch. And I thought yeah. that like, even though you don't play the same games at all, we all speak the same language, which... Oftentimes, the language of Twitch, you know, the emotes, the memes, <laughs> you can't really use in real life. So that was kind of funny. Some to people have. do. Some there, there, yeah. are, there are those that do. 
<laughs> or run around. So that's fair. Yeah, there was like there was a guy literally dressed up as Bob Ross, and he had like this whole like <laughs> paint board with him. People were signing and everything. It's kind of fun. Uh, no, it's definitely more of a social convention. I do agree there. I thought that's like ultimately the purpose of it. And yeah, seeing a lot of these streamers that you know you see on stream all the time as you're just walking through the convention, like oh you know hey there there's Asmongold, one of the biggest streamers, just walking on by and just doing his thing. So uh, it's it certainly was an experience. It was my first uh, personally. So had a lot of fun. San Diego, a great place for one. Um, you know, it's one of those maybe recommend uh, going to checking out once if you're a fan of conventions at all, I suppose. But uh, I didn't get a For picture sure. with uh, with Pokey. I know I know that you did. So, um, you know, congratulations on that, by the way. You jealous or what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit jealous. No, uh, that was definitely a fun event, though. But we got Dota to talk about. That's, of course, the point of this podcast. So I know we do have some fresh viewers tuning in. So to real quickly catch you up, what the deal with the Wombo Combo is, it's essentially a Dota 2 competitive-focused podcast. Mm -hmm. Myself and BSJ are hosts. Uh, you know, occasionally we'll plan to have on guests as well when it works out. Speaking of that, today... We're hoping to have a guest on. It seems like it might have fallen through, unfortunately. But, you know, maybe he'll show up. Uh, don't don't want to. Okay. Well, you know, it was going to be CCNC, of course, talking about his new squad and everything. But uh, something came up. So maybe he'll be here. Maybe not. Either way, we will definitely have guests on in future shows as well. But it, it'll last about 30 to 45 minutes as far as the overall show itself. So that's what you can expect. It is also uploaded to iTunes as well as Spotify. Uh, something to check out for after the fact, of course. Or, hey, you may be listening to that right now if you're watching or listening, I should say, to the recorded side of things. So, um, But uh, VSJ, you know, last week, our first episode, we talked plenty about rosters. Uh, rosters officially closing a couple of days ago, but there were still a couple more changes that took place, or a couple more updates even. Um, one of them being, we'll just start with this one, actually, as I already kind of brought it up. The official word on this, what they're calling themselves Team Quincy, it is officially Sumail, uh, CCNC, Yawar, MSS, and SVG. So, again, we've already kind of given our thoughts on this as of last week's show. There's a heavy rumor at it, but it is now official. So, to be clear, Sumail is playing one, Yawar in the three. That's where it's the most interesting to me, as I'm sure is for most, and whether or not this team is really going to work out the best. But how confident are you personally that this is going to be a pretty good score? squad in NA. All of these players have kind of proven themselves to take that step from like tier three qualifier Dota to actually making it to TI, doing pretty well in majors, you know, finishing middle of the pack. Uh, and I, I was going to ask CCNC, but just in case he doesn't come, I want to mention this, that they've always said that NA has like a lack of mid laners, and that's a serious problem to find a mid laner to round out your squad. And what better idea than to just monopolize yeah. all of the mid laners? You know, you are, even though he's been a carry for a while, also plays a ton of mid lane. So you just put CCNC, Sumail, and you are all on the same team. And there's like Gunner who left and Brile, and that's it. And then EG obviously got Abed. We call EG an NA team, but they're not even really NA at the, at the end of the day with their roster. Uh, so I, I'm rooting for this team. I believe they have really good chances and they are the true na team for me like they are five american pub players that i play with all the time i know all of them through a lot of playing with them so i i'm definitely rooting for these guys yeah now i it, that's actually a really interesting way to look at it it certainly is you know samail and ccc specifically but you're right you are a great core player himself so in a sense monopolizing uh but no we definitely have very high expectations with this team yes eg is still i think a lot of people's minds the number one in na but i could see this team certainly given the very quick competition and obviously that's something we're going to find out going into the 
this weekend. And as the uh, DPC kicks off, which we're definitely going to pr uh, preview, I should say, a little bit later on in the show. So don't want to necessarily go too much into that yet. But uh, so that's one of the obviously with the official announcement there, pretty big news. A couple of the rosters I, f I thought was worth also mentioning that did happen. Uh, roster changes even that did happen after our last show and into today. Um, a pretty big one. Resolution actually uh, no longer part of J-Storm. He indeed was picked up by VP. Of course, VP going through plenty of roster changes themselves, including now we know Roger is officially out of the team. So you're looking at uh, you're looking at no one and solo still remaining with the squad and now Resolution a part of that as well. Resolution going to be playing offlane, however, for the team. That's also what is up with these really core players, position one even going to offlane. That is something that we're seeing a trend, of course. Hell, we saw Samuel even last season try it out. Um, and as I was on, on the J-Storm side of things, Brax is now replacing uh, in the offlane on, on J-Storm. And Moo's going to go to position one as a result, too. So he's kind of going back. He's been bouncing back and forth between those roles uh, in these last couple of seasons right here. But the big news is definitely Resolution, of course, known as one of the best core players in the world. He's now in VP. He's in his home uh, homeland, home region even of CIS. How do you uh, how do you think this is going to play out now? Uh, I just want to say that I think in the core role, going from one to three is probably the easiest transition. You always lane against the three. So when it comes against for like the first 10 or 15 minutes of the game, you kind of know exactly what you're supposed to do because you've been dealing with what people are supposed to be doing. You know, you're fighting against it. You kind of know this is what to expect. This is what's really annoying to play against as a carry player. Uh, so I don't find it too surprising when one position players find themselves going to three. I do find it weird when I find mid players going to three with S4 and Sumail. I think that's less likely to work. It doesn't mean it can't. Uh, but I'm, I'm very curious. I, I've seen Resolution. We've all known him as a carry player for years. So uh, same thing with Ramsey's, even though Ramsey's, I guess, did used to play off lane when he would move to EG now. Yeah. Uh, I think teams are kind of thinking it's less important what role I'm playing and more important who I'm playing with and whether or not that's a good fit. So I, I think that people are just shifting their priorities and what matters to them and what they think needs to happen for them to win Dota. And this is their job. This is their profession. They don't care what it takes to win. They just want to be have the right recipe of a team to make it happen. So I, I think Resolution, you know, going back to you know his roots, I think is absolutely fine. I think he's had a long enough stint in NA. So I'm looking forward to seeing what VP can do. I think they have the experience and leadership already. So now it's just a matter of filling the gaps and obviously no one, one of the best mid laners in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there has been history of this whole, you know, core player, whether it's one or two going to position three and it worked out one that really comes to mind is S4. Uh, you know, recent, more recently playing with EG, of course, back in his days was a mid player. So certainly can work out. But man, it's just it almost feels in the same case as Ramsey's to me. It almost feels like a waste. Like I understand offlane certainly has their presence in the game and what they're supposed to do. But I look at a player like Resolution. I look at a player like Ramsey's. Maybe this is a hindsight thing to say, but in comparison to somebody like an S4, it doesn't screen to me. S4 seems like more of a player that, you know, I'm here for the team. I'm here to do what needs to be done, be the initiator, sacrifice myself at times, whatever. Ramsey's Resolution don't seem like those type of players. They've always seemed like these kind of players that you play around and they're going to be the playmakers and they're the ones that carry you in the game. It was the same reason I hated the Samail change last season. or That was last season, right? Yeah, when he went to offlane initially or the season before. Whatever it was, at the time, it was it – was, 
didn't make any sense. And we quickly saw the change back as a result from there. So I, for me, I, I don't know if I'm sold that this is 100% going to work out in the best decisions. Ramsey's does have the history, as you pointed out, but how much was that? How much did that really matter, right? Like VP, him being the carry for VP is where he really blew up as a player. So that's my thought. I, do, you, do you have any sense? Uh, do you feel like that could be an issue or are you not concerned about that at all? My closing thought on that is that these players have been playmakers, like you said, the carries of the team. And going from patch to patch, it really changes what the meta is, obviously. In this meta that's been going on for a while, this may change when they patch the game massively sometime later this year. The carry roll sucks, man. Like, it actually just sucks. You can't do anything. Like, your your control of the game prior to 20 minutes, your impact on, like, whether or not your team's going to win the game is, like, 5 to 10% of the game up until 20 minutes. And I think these players who are high-impact players are just tired of it. Like, th that's why they're all moving from 1 to 3. And on the other hand, you know, Sumail, I I've been seeing him almost just outplay people as a safe laner. So he is still somehow making it work. I've been I've been watching him party queue. I've, been, I've played against it myself. He's an incredibly aggressive safe laner. And so I think that these players are almost saying, it's not about what position I'm playing. It's kind of what my play style is and what part of the, ro the role I like to take on my team. And the role that Ramsey's and Resolution have taken kind of fits the three role right now. So I kind of, it makes sense to me. But I, like I said, it's not just that easy to swap roles. It, it, it is a concern. It always is a concern. But I believe that if you think it fits your play style, if you're comfortable saying, I want to be the playmaker, like for me, it's really hard to just play passively on the map and just yeah. be farming. And so I'll naturally have some random deaths because I'm trying to make something happen when my hero just can't. And that's quite possible why somebody like Resolution didn't feel like he had the success he wanted to have last season. And there's just so much that goes behind the scenes. And I, I have less skepticism about them swapping positions than you, but it is obviously a, a genuine concern. Yeah, it's a, it's a concern that's there. And we'll see. We'll see again. It's starting quickly here as the DPC does uh, does kick. I, I also kind of wonder now, too, just a secondary thought before we move on. If these drafts, are we going to see teams maybe drafting more carry-centric offlane or something like, you know, the faceless void offlane could come to mind. He's considered a pretty strong hero right now, specifically in that one position, but you throw him in the hands of Ramsey's in the offlane, you know, you get something else in that position. What, just an example. Do you think that's something else that we could uh, potentially see or our team's going to stick to more? I think that? it's quite possible if they want to run it as a flex early pick, if people end up just prioritizing Faceless Void as a first round. I don't think they'll ever late pick him and say, yeah, let's make him an offlane. Yeah. Uh, I will say that the main thing about the offlane right now as a carry player is because of items like Ring of Basilius, which I don't really know the impact of this Ring of Protection change yet because I just got back um, from the side shop. But your your tower as a, as a safe laner is just under siege for the first 10 minutes of the game and it's your job as a safe laner to just weather that storm and so i think every offlane hero this meta will have to be able to hit your tower and pressure it and if that's not capable then they're not going to be played in the offlane so it makes me a little hesitant to say void will be because he's not really known as a pressure hero he's more of a you know trade with you kill you kind of hero mm -hmm. uh but with like the right lineup i think that heroes that are broken kind of we saw it with Kunkka can kind of just be played in any role. So I completely believe that we may see them playing comfort zone heroes that are usually safe laners uh, in a traditionally different role. Yeah. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. It feels great getting that attention from looking good and what you're dressed in. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. 
The best part is that they are all affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time-consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. How do you know what you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. And right now, Blue Wire podcast listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. All right, moving things along right here. I'll stick in a little bit with the roster right, so to kind of wrap it all up before we advance on to uh, DPC. Uh, I've heard a couple of questions that made sense to ask. I mean, with the, with the whole roster shuffle taking place, and we covered it all last show, and now even the beginning of this show. Uh, of all these changes, which, uh, which are you most excited for the most looking at all these roster moves that happened here? I think it kind of you could hear it in my tone of voice. It's just the Sumail CCNC UR team. I, I just think that SVG is a great captain. I think MSS is one of the best four players, if not the best four player in NA. And I just love rooting for actual NA teams. Like <laughs> the main thing for me is that I get to play with these guys and you actually know them. A lot of people ask me, you know, what do you think of this Chinese team? And I say, I enjoy watching their games, but I don't have any way to relate to them. I don't know what they sound like in interviews. I don't know what they play like in pubs. I don't know their personalities. And this is a team where I know all these guys and we're kind of finally getting to see a break in this EG Sumail era. Sure. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. So. To, to, on that note, you know, VP is the same situation as CIS, just like we're seeing kind of the break of EG. VP is also now broken up. So once it opens up CIS that much more, you could argue, you know, NA maybe a little bit less right now, but it's still opened up a little bit, of course, when it comes to competition from what we've seen these last couple of years in that one spot specifically. So for, for me to answer the own question there is NIP. I, I personally am excited most about NIP, oh, yeah. what they're going to bring to the table, yet another new squad that PPD is bringing together. Of course, Gunner, we've talked about on the previous show, the excitement behind him and what he's going to be able to bring to the table as a position two representing NA Universe coming back after a full season break. The experience that, that he brings. Yeah, I love this team. Team and I, uh, I'm excited to see what they can do starting this weekend. Of course, I absolutely. Yeah. PPD all all throughout the season. I've talked to him at like several majors in TI. He just he said he needed a real mid laner. And no no offense to Fada. He, he and I think PPD has gotten that. And I look forward to seeing his experience combined with Gun Daddy's uh, craziness that I have talked about. I'm all, I'm sitting here though wondering, are they better off playing in Europe over NA? I know NIP's from Europe, of course, and that's where they're staying at the time being, but both are going to be tough for ages. Europe does get an extra spot. We'll go into that more later, but uh, Europe's also yeah. really tough, right? So I don't know. Yeah, it definitely is a tough call, but I'm sure their salaries are pretty high, so if NIP <laughs> wants to stay there, they're probably just going to stick around. <laughs> so. I'm sure they'll make it work. They'll make it work in yeah. the end. Yeah, so definitely NIP for me, but understandable Quincy, of course. The Quincy stack certainly going to be fun to, to look for right there. So um, I guess kind of another question that I'd ask, too, is the most surprising move of all the roster changes. We certainly have had some very interesting ones. Um, any of that have stood out to you personally the most? 
I honestly came into this thinking it was going to be the resolution change, but I, I really think it's overall the Yawar change. I, I, I'm highlighting this team again that out of all these players that have swapped positions, I think all the players are swapping positions is very alarming to me, uh, as we've talked about, but Yawar has just never proven himself to be an offlaner. So I, I'm very curious. I talked about how they're three mid lane player S type style guys, like personality wise too. Uh, how that's going to fit in. And I just love to see how a player can change their mindset for a specific team. So that's like the most alarming one for me, for sure. Something that we didn't actually talk about. I actually forgot to put in the outline altogether. I, I, I remember now that it happened after last week's show, but I, th this now would have to be for me, Alliance, the Alliance squad leaving oh, yeah. the team. Now, so how this played out, at first I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, they dropped that roster? that was They were just becoming really good? But apparently the players were the ones that mutually agreed to leave the roster. Uh, wow. That is Alliance. So they're the ones that decided to leave. Alliance wanted to keep them, but couldn't work anything out. So in the end, Alliance squad with the same roster right there is moving on to we don't know what. And as I pointed out in a tweet, there are not many good, great organizations out there that are as prestigious as an alliance, especially in the Dota 2 scene. So I was shocked to hear that. They're a heavy Swedish team as well. A lot of people are speculating about Team Liquid. They have not picked up a team yet. So if it's Team Liquid that picks them up, I suppose I see that a good reason in the end. But I, if it's not, then I'm very intrigued to see how this all plays out. Yeah, you never know what's going on behind the scenes, right? What the salary deal is, what their deal is going into the next season, uh, what perks came with the deal, the team house situation, how the org was run behind the scenes. You know, maybe they just thought, we don't need this org, or it's worth it to us to potentially get another org that's better. Like you said, there's not very many orgs, but as you uh, as you also mentioned, there's orgs that are opening up. So yeah. if there's a time that you're going to, quote-unquote, ditch your org, it's now. So uh, there's just so many things that go on behind the scenes with orgs that I can't even fathom their reason. But at the same yeah. time, I can also understand that as players, even if something seems okay, that this team has shown a lot of promise. And I believe that they may have just found something they believe is a better opportunity. Yeah. And we're or they think they could. We're still waiting to see. <laughs> we don't know yet. So yeah. I, I, it's been like three or four days now, at least I want to say even long, a little bit longer since that news came out. So the fact that we haven't heard an announcement yet does worry me a little bit for their sake. But again, we'll find out eventually here. I'm sure I doubt they just simply dropped Alliance just because they didn't want to play the Alliance anymore and didn't really have a contingent plan there. So um, it's being brought up in chat. Mother Luna asking in chat right here, by the way, on this note, feel free to ask questions in chat and we may or may not reference it, but I do feel like this is kind of a nice transition. Uh, Mother Luna yes. asked about the, uh, uh, ex-Han player Moo Meander playing with uh, Eternal Envy and that stack. We did talk a little bit about that in the previous show, but one more question that I was planning to ask, you know, the least ex expectations of a big roster. <laughs> and I know you especially were uh, were pretty sold on the idea that not maybe having high expectations of this team uh, moving uh, into this upcoming season. Yeah, to answer your question, I'll also segue us to our next section, which is talking about how there's three spots in the major for EU, China, and CIS, while there's only True. two spots for NASA and SCA. So with this team, not only do I have question marks about whether or not they are going to stick together, but also we talked about how there's a contingent, there's a, uh, there's contingents for the top spot in NA. And that's between two teams that I think are drastically better than everyone else, at least at the current moment. 
So the fact that there's only two spots for majors uh, for North America, it just bodes doom almost to me to any team like this that's like yeah they're clearly above any other stack yeah. in na but is it enough to go to minors most of the time you know you're going to maybe half or more of the minors are you ever going to go to a major um and that's the problem with this for me is like you talk about a team like nip coming to na instead of eu but those two spots are under hard contention in na so even though na seems like an easier region it's not exactly you know just handing it on a silver platter to go to a major when there's two very good teams that are clearly <laughs> oh one second here i apologize i was trying to make this work uh oh, oh awkward okay are you there bsj yeah, I'm here. I'm I, was, here. I, I, was, it out. I was trying to do some on the fly, edit him to the call, and then sure oh. enough, it closed the call. Our boy CCNC's joined us. Well, that that's why. It's for good reason, I promise. So, yes. uh, CCNC, are you there, by the way? Hello. Hey, how's it going, Quincy? <laughs> it's, it's going good. <laughs> do you do you have your uh, webcam, by the way? Um. Yeah, I I do. Hang on a second. All right. Cool. Launch that baby up if you don't mind. This uh, is the smoothest transition in history. In history. That that's what we do here on this podcast. You know, all about smooth transitions. No, but you know what? It's about bringing on an awesome player that is CCNC, and so I figured it's worth it here. Um. But yeah. So uh, to to your point there, BSJ. Um. It's it, it is going to be tough competition in, in NA. And well, speaking of that, of course we have. Somebody joining us now that is going to be playing in that region. That uh, is, we were just going to get it down eventually. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. What, I haven't used this thing in so long. All right. <laughs> there we go. The tweaks have been made, and I think we are good to go. CCNC, welcome to the podcast, the Wombo Combo. Uh, we were just uh, j just got finished talking about your squad. It sounded like, in fact, uh, the reason why you're joining us a little bit late. It's for good reason. You were finishing up some scrimmages there. Yeah, we were, we had some scrims, so. Can't really uh, move them or whatever, so yeah. Well, how did they go? I gotta ask. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a trade secret, man. That's a trade secret. <laughs> you have to wait and see the fruits of our labor in a week or so. Speaking of, yeah, we don't have to wait too long. Yeah, well, yeah, it starts this Saturday, so yeah, it's coming up, man. I mean, as far as uh, the group stages uh, are coming up here, but how uh, you have, I don't know if you want to divulge this information or not, but how long have you guys been playing together? Because again, there were some rumors that came out, some leaked screenshots and everything. How long has this been going on together? Um, like, how long have we been scrimming, actually? Uh, and we've been scrimming for, like, like, this is our, probably our, will be our third week scrimming, I think. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really, how long we were together before we started scrimming, I'm not sure. But it's been a decent while. Like, we've, like, um, it's been decided or whatever that we were going to play with each other for a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, the freaking, the, the, I don't know, the dude that's not LGD Ame fan, the other guy, that guy had it, like, so early. I actually don't know who that guy is, but he has some crazy sources of information. It was, like, the day we decided. He posted on Reddit. I was like, what? Who is this guy? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's crazy. That's uh, how, how right he can be sometimes with some of these rosters. So, talking about your lineup right here, of course, you you were coming off the season playing with Yawar and MSS, uh, playing with the newbie organization at TI itself. Um, is this something, is this kind of a roster creation that came about as a result of TI? It seems like a lot of these do. Maybe the after parties or something like that? Um, yeah, I mean, like, um, I wouldn't say it's, like, so much a result of TI as it is, like, you... You finish TI. I mean, it's like not a result of like after parties or anything. It's sort of just like 
TI is the culmination of the year, right? Whenever it's over, like people want to like try playing with different players, or other people want to move on. Like you know, these types of things they just sort of indicate like who's going to be um, on the team, and then you sort of you know like when you've decided, people have decided they're going to move on. You decide you want to play with new people. Like you just sort of figure out the people you'd like to play with the most, and uh, you know you figure out a way to put them together. Was it tough to convince Yoar to play offlane for this team, or was he all for it? Uh, he was the one that suggested it. No. Okay. So that segues into my question sure. pretty well here. Uh, we've talked a lot about people transitioning roles, and so obviously you have two players who formerly played mid-ish carry, and one of them moved from mid to carry, and the other one moved from carry to offlane. Is this... People have kind of asked, is the primary reason that you're just trying to make sure you play with the people you want to play with um, not so much about what role you want to play. Is that like about putting the pieces together? Like, did Sumail play carry because he didn't feel like there were enough good carries in NA? Or do you have like a reason behind why there's these swaps of roles? I mean, I, I think you uh, you hit the nail on the head. I think for the most part, it's just people want to play with certain people. And because they want to play with those people, you just sort of uh, make the tweaks necessary because you want to play with, you know, X or Y people. Um, I think the other thing, I mean, Sumail, in Sumail's case, I think Sumail has just like kind of wanted to play carry for a bit. Um, but I think for the most part, most like role switches and stuff, like you look at Rezo, um, you know, like they're really good friends with them, right? Like he's switching to offline or whatever. Like I'm, they just want to play with him, I think, because they think he's a good player and they like him. They're friends with him and stuff, right? And so they're just going to slot him in where they can because they think he's a good player and, you know, smart guy and stuff. And they just want him on their team, like, regardless of the role. Like, they trust that he can switch. And I think that's, you know, like, like Ramsey's or whatever, right? Like, you, I think that's how it is for most of these switches is they just trust the people. They want to play with them, like you said, and they slot them in where they can. Is this the OG effect? Like, people are getting yeah. better at competitive Dodo or they know or they think it's more of a better solution to find the better fit of players rather than everyone playing their perfect role? Um, I mean, I feel it's like kind of been role switching in the past as well. Like, um, I mean, the thing is, is like, it's, it's different now or like the, the, I think the reason why so many like, you know, like big tier players are switching roles, like in this specific shuffle is because a lot of like the big teams changed, like VP changed players, EG changed players, uh, like like there's a lot of teams that like uh, change players, right? Like really big teams. And whenever you have like really big teams, then like there's these huge names, right? And whenever you have like huge names, you just like want the per player. Whereas like if you already have like a majority of a squad, you know, like one big team changes one player, then you don't have like this gigantic name that you want to slot this name in somewhere. Like you just want a player. And I feel like that's the reason why this happened more now than like in the past is... Like, there generally aren't, like, too many humongous team shuffles. Like, the, you know, the big teams, right? Generally, they stick together. EG stuck together last year, VP, etc. So, like, there's more, like, slotting in than there is, like, we're going to... Or there's more, like, we want this role than there is, like, we want this player. Okay, that's cool, man. On that topic, if a team was to come to you, you know, whatever, like, if Puppy was to come to you and be like, I want you to play for my squad as an offlane player or even a support player, could, could you see yourself doing that? Or are you pretty content on play mid and, and a core role? Uh, I mean, support, I mean, the thing is, I can't ever see myself getting asked to play support on Secret. That sounds insanely <laughs> unlikely. Just a um, scenario, scenario. Offlane is also very unlikely, but if I think if I were asked to play offlane, I would, I mean, I'd strongly consider it, probably say yes. Yeah. Um, support, I, I, support, I don't know. Um, 
I don't really like flank support that much. That's later on. You're still a young player. You still got those reflexes and stuff. So, you know, later on in your career, maybe. Yeah, well, he can, he can wait like, like six that. or seven years before he has to do that. My last question I wanted to ask is kind of a joke I made early on in the podcast was there's only two slots in NA for the major. And we always is assume EG. Uh, uh, as according like, to Liquipedia, it, that, that's how it's playing out. So yeah, that's what I'm so going with. That's, that's what I was assuming as well. So I guess it's not officially announced, but. You know, that's that's the assumption going in. I guess to safely assume, you can assume there's going to be two slots going into the major. And my question is that you have EG and has it did it ever occur to you guys that you're monopolizing the mid lane here on your team? Uh, I mean, it's a bit amusing. You can, we have like a lot of mid players. <laughs> um, well, it's just it's always been a struggle to get mid laners in an A, right? Yeah, I suppose. So did that ever cross your mind that you guys are just you obviously you know you have three mid players, but did you ever cross your mind that how the hell is anyone gonna compete with us as a third team if we just take all the mid laners? Um no, not really so much. I mean there's <laughs> there, I mean there, there's Brow. Like Brow's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to think like, but you're just taking him out of the pool, right? So all I'm saying is like it becomes that much harder to actually compete with you. I was just wondering if that ever occurred to you guys that you were doing that. No, I mean, it's a pretty good meme, but I, I didn't really think about it. Yeah. Okay, okay. So that had absolutely nothing to do with your formation. <laughs> no, no. You really absolutely. sold on this, BSJ. <laughs> hey, really... hey I, I, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying it would be believable. Hey, if, like, it's it would be so funny out, if he's yeah. like, yeah, we thought it'd be like, we all wanted to play together, and we thought it'd be perfect that we just take all the mid laners. Yeah, you know, you got no, that was more. That was not part of the plan. Damn. You know, a man can dream that, you know. That'd be pretty amusing. Get Abed <laughs> to play support for you, and then, uh, yeah, there's there's not a... You can get Brawl to play support, I guess. There there you go. Yeah, you just you can get them all. Five five mid players. Fine. Exactly. Perfect name in the making there. Uh, so yeah, kind of going back to that, I, I'm actually curious on, on your answer. Whether or not it's the case, again, so it, I guess it's not 100% official, but we're the information that is in front of us is suggesting that NA only has two slots. CIS was given the three slots. Do you what? feel like that is deserving? Uh, Wait, it they sounds were? like not. Okay, well, according to what I'm looking at, CIS is given three three slots. All right, until Valve announces this, I'm not believing it. That sounds crazy. Okay. So you 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 would be surprised. Well, who deserves the three slots then? Are you going to say NA? China and China, else. Europe. Well, okay. It has to be three regions for the match. I mean, work. I mean, it doesn't though, right? Like last year, the last major, they gave two, like the top two in the minor. I think, I think, uh, I mean, it depends, like Europe depends on what teams are playing in the qualifier. Like if Liquid's not playing the qualifier, if OG's not playing the qualifier, if C like, you know, like, I don't know which teams are playing the qualifier or not, but like, if none of those big three are playing the qualifier, I don't think EU deserves three slots. That's fair. That's a good point. I never considered that. All right. Well, yeah, I guess again, we'll see that. Yeah. I, I suppose we should have waited for an official announcement on this, but people are saying yeah, with the Liquipedia side of things, maybe not a, uh... Hundred percent official, but like, well, no. yeah. us aren't that. Oh, lagging out there a little bit. I think we're losing. Wait, hello, you're there. Yeah, okay. you're, you're back, back. You're back. Maybe a little bit in and out. Well, um, right. uh, am I good? One, two, three. I think you're good now. I think we're. <laughs> I think we're good to go. Uh, so, how ready are you for this weekend? By the way, again, the qualifiers start this weekend. How ready is your team? Are you guys ready to do work? Uh, yeah, I mean, ready as I'll ever be. Uh, it's, it'll be nice to play again. Qualifiers are always uh, entertaining. They're always quite the mess, especially new rosters, etc. Even whenever, uh, you know, it, it'll just be interesting to see because it takes a while for people to like mesh and things to, 
you know, pan out as you want them to. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, there's some EG, there's some freaking flying Papegas. It'll it'll be fun. I think the average player in Dota would look at a patch like 7.22H and just say that is so small, it doesn't do anything. I guess my question is, I don't need you to reveal strats or anything, but how big of an impact does a little patch like this have going into qualifiers? Uh, I think nerfing like very strong items can drastically shift things sometimes. Um, I mean, maybe it like tweaks things um, one way or another a little bit initially, uh, and then like later down the road it has larger impacts. But I think it's hard to. I don't think it's particularly healthy to take like too much away from small changes and like think they have like humongous impacts initially. Like you can you know say like I mean buying Bassy at the start is not as viable or you know whatever like stuff like this. But uh, it takes like a little bit of time for people to like identify if these like small changes have like uh, bigger implications. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're gonna find out again pretty quickly here into the weekend. So and I know this is kind of a cliche question, but. I guess I'll word it this way. If you guys do not qualify for this first major and majors throughout, are you going to be disappointed or do you think there's going to be some growing pains? Uh, I mean, I think uh, both are possible. Like, uh, I think you can... Like, I think there will be growing pains regardless of whether we qualify for the major or not. We're a new team. Uh, some of us have never played with each other before. Like, it uh, takes time to build chemistry and mesh your ideas about the game, like, all these things. Like, just because, um, like, we could qualify to the major and have growing pains, or we could, you know, like, uh, I, th I don't know if, why it's so hard for me to phrase this. I think there'll be growing pains regardless of whether we qualify or not. I get it, yeah. Certainly, certainly will be. So, all right. Well, it uh, sounds like you guys have been preparing, though, and uh, obviously best of luck into this weekend. So I want to thank you for joining. Uh, BSJ, anything else before we let them go? I'm just rooting for you guys, man. The true NA squad. We are five I, Americans. Yes, I, I said that. I'm like, I am genuinely <laughs> excited to watch five Americans that I believe could actually have. We're a real NA team. You hear that, freaking haters? Yeah. <laughs> good luck, Shots man. Have been fired. Yeah, good luck, man. Best of luck, and uh, we'll we'll be watching you guys this weekend, of course. So good luck again. Thank you, thank you. All right. So again, that was uh, Quincy joining us there. Okay, make sure we're good. Okay, we're back to we're back to myself and BSG now on the show so there you go ccnc joining us like we mentioned uh i didn't get a word from leading up to the podcast so i wasn't really sure if he's going to be joining us or not but was finishing up some scrimmages it happens ran a little long but uh, at least we got him on to to talk there and uh you know, learning some some fun stuff about the team and it's that that whole meme you really wanted that to play out with the whole mid but uh unfortunately they only got three out of five mid players I generally don't go for the conspiracy theories, but that one seemed believable enough that if I had predicted it and it was right, man, I would just feel so smart. So, yeah. uh, but also, you know, it, it's interesting when you hear from someone like him where he says, is that known yet? I'll wait for Valve to announce. That's just kind of the state of Dota. And that's True. also like, do we know if he's coming to our interview today? <laughs> that's the life of competitive Dota. You don't know your schedule tomorrow. You don't know how many spots you're going to have going into the major five days from now. Like, I just think it's so funny to try to explain that to somebody, even trying to schedule something as a, like when you're on a team, like he said he was going to come to this interview and it's not something I would expect him to just flake for no reason. Yeah. And he just said, yeah, we had a scrim that went long. And you're just thinking, gosh, imagine operating on that schedule. It's incredibly stressful. It's incredibly – it takes a toll on you over oh, the yeah. course of time. And that's why you hear all these players asking for breaks and wanting to take the major off. 
you'd be amazed how every day, like day to day, not knowing exactly what's going to happen, having little things thrown at you constantly can just build up. And I I just think that's a perfect example to see there that, uh, you know, we kind of just went in assuming this is the information we got. This is what we're playing off of. But that's what they're playing off of. He he goes, is that confirmed? I don't know. Like, do you know, (laughs) you know, could they do two teams from the minor? Could they do three? I, I'm sitting here you actually trying to mind. find that confirmation. Yeah, I can't find it. So to his credit, yeah, yeah I guess it hasn't officially been announced. But I, I figured since we are so close to it starting that that would have That's been what I'm saying, right? So, but you're like, right. Not, yeah. Nobody's really going to question it. But from the team player's perspective, he knows instantly. Yeah. Are you sure? Because we're so used to this at this point. Well, that's what we talked a little bit about the last show, too, where the schedule yeah. did change the season, where it's a little more condensed now with the qualifiers being one in itself as far as the minor and the major go so that'll help a little bit when it comes to schedule but yeah, you need to make sure you have a good team manager that, that that's one way to put it as that's far as uh, sure. and that's why these top tier teams you know with these bigger organizations you, you expect that they have some sort of manager of course they're very important just as important as the coach or you know whatever else they certainly are keeping them in track as far as uh their obligations of course the matches themselves but there's there's plenty else around it from scrimmages to interviews to you know whatever is necessary so busy lifestyle indeed for these guys but yeah team quincy i certainly don't expect that team to be called team quincy for a very long time this season i'm sure speaking of organizations they're gonna get picked up there's been some rumors we've mentioned the possibility of cloud nine coming back team liquid is still looking for a team complexity is still looking for a team who knows knows? if that squad can't find a team I've given up any hope of any NA team ever finding a team. That's well. If they can't find, I'll put it. If they can't find a team, they're asking for too much money. <laughs> I think yeah, it's another okay. way to put it. And that's another side yeah. of things, right? Maybe they think they're above, you know, any five thousand uh, yeah. dollars salary type team, which I believe is true. You know, they are. They have obviously they're very. They're way step above any NA stack that we've seen in the recent years. Uh, but at the same time, I just have to believe that a team like this can come to an agreement with some org that's like big enough to pay them what they think yeah. they deserve. Maybe, so. maybe some results are being weighted on as well. And again, when they qualify with the major, even as a number one seed, then an org will be like, okay, these guys are for real. Let, let's work something out here. So all speculation. Don't really know for sure. I uh, want to keep things moving though. Of course, so it's great to have him on, but uh, it means we're probably going to have to cut some of these things and move a little bit quicker here. But uh, So we really won't speculate too much then on the whole only being a th- or 2NA and 3CS because I guess if it's not 100% confirmed, then let's not, uh, let's not worry about that too much and maybe talk, address it next week's show when we do have the information right there. Um, I figured it makes sense though to kind of go... Again, a little, a little quicker, but through each of the regions here that are coming up with the qualifiers starting this weekend, uh, going through all six regions, kind of just, you know, a quick preview, basically, of, uh, of the teams in each region and maybe who to expect coming out on top. Now, this is still a little bit tricky because we actually don't even know all the teams. We, there's some of these players that are still out there, some of these teams that even 100% haven't been announced just yet. Um, and we know that some of these squads are actually going to have to play in open qualifiers because if they weren't registered two days ago, then that's where you have to, uh, that's where you have to play in the end. So um, we'll start with the European region. 
and uh, figure, you know, one of the more exciting ones, of course, and a lot of people consider a, a, a difficult one. You have a plethora of teams, you know. We got now X-Alliance that we're looking at. We have, of course, OG, but is it even going to be the full OG squad? I don't think so. Uh, going into the first one, you have NIP, as I talked about. You have Team Secret, of course, the big dog there. Um, in Europe, what, what, uh, what stands out to you as far as the European region? I mean, what stands out to me is pretty much what CCNC said. We have no idea what yeah. to expect on how many of the big three, quote unquote, are going to be playing. You know, they obviously liquid. The team isn't liquid anymore, but who are they going to show up with as their final five? And you have Team Secret, who uh, you know hasn't even given official confirmation, as far as I know, exactly what their roster is. And then you have OG, who's talked about a couple players taking breaks. Like this region's quality of play could be way high, or it could kind of just be <laughs> mediocre. So I think that that's the most alarming thing to me that stands out for this region. Yeah, it's it all it definitely depends on who's playing for, for which teams in the end. So it looks it like kinda... Secret's not even playing in the first majors, what somebody in chat said, well, which I would. Yeah, I, I well I, on that, I, I noticed that they had not signed up yet, according to uh, the, the website there. So I believe that that's what that means. Either I guess that means they would have to play in the open qualifiers or <laughs> just not play at all. Or they're so. just not playing. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, when you play TI, it's like, why would you if you're going to take a break, it's going to be now. And sure. with TI being so much money, why not? Uh, it, yeah, I guess they've announced it officially. So I, I, I definitely would believe that that's the case. And that's the thing, right, is the first major. It's so hard to tell anything because all these big teams, this is becoming a normal thing uh, where they just decide beginning of the season is the best time to take a break. You know, it's just one major uh, we have no qualms with qualifying. Like, I feel like the only teams that should make sure they play the first major are the teams that I know they're going to be on the fence at the end of the season on DPC points. You know, they're going to be on the fence of whether or not they make the cut to make it to TI. Oh, and if sure. you're not one of those teams, then who cares? You know, you're not going to remember the $25,000 you could have each won now when you win your 200k each at ti you're just like you're not going to remember it and it, it that's the thing is the money at that point isn't what matters to them for this first major and that's pretty funny to think but it's all perspective and it's all balance in life and yeah. dota is incredibly stressful and that's the thing about this first major i think is hilarious with and with europe specifically is since they had so many teams placing so high at ti <laughs> they're also kind of the same region that has people taking the most breaks uh, yeah, somebody tried to actually post the the roster shuffling in chat. Got got deleted quickly by the Nightbot, but I, I do take him out, Nightbot. Yeah, <laughs> I do see what you were referencing right there, and yeah, I was looking for that earlier, so I'm actually glad you pointed that out there. But it, there was confirmation. Yeah, Secret actually pointing out they're gonna um, there will not be any they will not be announcing any changes for two months. So that that's actually an interesting way to word it because again, they haven't even officially announce their plans as far as their roster goes yeah. so we know they're definitely not playing the first cycle will they even be the same squad we we don't know damn that's how it stands damn. and that yeah that would be something that's one of those teams where man i would find it hard to believe them breaking up but it's we don't know the behind the scenes is there's behind the scenes stuff going on you know puppy does have a history of being a he's a great leader but definitely can be a in your face leader i guess is one way to put it so Maybe there are some issues there. Who knows, right? So that's going to be an interesting one to see. Absolutely. That plays out there. Um, so, yeah, Team Secret, I uh, don't know there, but again, yeah, when it comes to Europe, yeah, really a region as, as funny as it sounds and kind of an unknown, especially with uh, with all the question marks uh, 
um, still there. You have China jumping over to that region. Of course, one of the few teams that felt like that announced they're sticking together. Um, you are looking at LGD and their squad there. So they certainly have to be one of the one of the big dogs, one of the favorites uh, going into it. But uh, China's another region where a lot of changes taking place. So we'll see. I, I personally think Vici Gaming, another team that you always have to look out for. But um, Ori still on the squad right there. But, yeah, so we'll see uh, how China plays out. But any thoughts on China? Uh, yeah, I paid attention to the fact that they had their ESL1 Hamburg, the other tournament going on. That's not the minor major DPC event. And e IG took the open qualifier, took the close qualifiers. They were an open qualifier team, and uh, they ended up taking out, I believe it was C-Deck, RNG, and Aster. Yeah. So I think the, the China region is always scary. So there's a lot of teams on this list, and they're always contention for top eight at majors. Like last season, it was kind of Keen Gaming, who kind of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but there's also these kind of flops like Newbie was last season. Uh, I, I like to watch this region in the sense of where, like what organization kind of comes out on top because there's so much competition there that it breeds a lot of variety. And I like to see that. Team Aster actually picking up CC or SCCCC. SCCCCC. S triple C is what I like to call. Yeah, it. I call him Triple C, so otherwise <laughs> I confuse him with C C and C every time. Yeah, yeah. So of course, uh, he newbie itself, the main newbie organization, had kind of a flat run last season with him on it, and uh, it's going back to the season before. Of course, the runner up there against Liquid. So um, it's good to see him with a new squad, and uh, that's just yet another team to look out for. But yeah, you're right with IG, definitely uh, one that's on a hot streak right now. At their ESL one qualifying success. Uh, the Russian 07, by the way, in chat is is pointing out the guy apparently who predicted the CCNC stack right away is also suggesting that mid one is out and Matoma Man will come in and then Nisha will play mid for a team secret. So there you go. That's a possible rumor out there. Again, no confirmation on that one, but that's uh, sounds that believable. It, it does. I agree. True. Actually, yeah. sounds believable. I agree. He says it's crazy. It's I, I don't really think it's that crazy, right? I mean, Nisha played mid a lot, and he's obviously an incredibly skilled mechanically player, so he has what it takes to play mid yeah. uh, at a competitive level. And Matama Man, one of the hottest free agents in all of EU. So uh, these things seem crazy when you – like, but once they play out, you're kind of like, that makes sense, you know, yeah. <laughs> usually. Um, CIS, CIS region, again, it's whether or not they're going to have three or two spots. We do know this is probably – I want to say I, I was going to say the most unknown because but we're just talking about Europe. But uh, yeah, CIS with VP now being a, kind of really a new squad altogether uh, resolution. But you got Navi in their new squad. You have uh, Gambit uh, no longer with F9, but a new player. in. so they, it's several teams here that's certainly to look out for uh, when it comes to uh, what they're going to do. I, I mean, off the bat, I would go towards Navi having success. In fact, the WePlay event that just happened that I actually did some casting for, they did end up winning that event and taking their share of the $50,000 prize pool. So, solid squad. If I had to predict a team out of CIS that I was confident in going on in the major, I would predict Navi. But who the hell knows, right? Yep, absolutely. That that That's another region that I think has gained a lot of power in the last several years, uh, That meaning that the average play of the third, fourth, fifth best teams in that region have, has gone up drastically. And I always like to see that region for the same reason I like China, where the, the, the second, third, fourth, fifth slots have always had high contention. And, uh, you know, with China, it's always a little bit different because it's usually the same players. But with CIS, it's kind of these players I've never heard of. Uh, and it's kind of interesting to see. There's just a lot of skill, a lot of Dubai uh, in the Russian region. 
Uh, and that's a lot of these teams I've never really heard of, but whenever I see these uh, organizations, kind of tier two-ish organizations, almost like Vegas Squadron, uh, they always show up with solid rosters. So looking forward to seeing kind of what pans out from this rush, roster shuffle in CIS. Uh, North America jumping over to NA. And again, especially if there's only two squads at uh, that one less spot, you, of course, have Evil Geniuses. You have the Team Quincy as they're going by the stack that we've been talking about. Those are safely, at least in my mind, the the predicted top two. Uh, major squads, but then you have a team like JSTOR. They did just obviously lose resolution, but uh, picking up a solo player there in Brax to go to offland and move going back to one. So, uh, what what are your speaking with that? Could you see JSTORM breaking through, being a top two, or is it going to be the EG and Team Quincy? Yeah, on paper, these two teams, EG and Team Quincy, are just way better than these other teams. These players also haven't been playing together as a solo, as a squad of five for more than a couple weeks. Even yeah. CCNC said that you know they scrimmed for three weeks. So when you haven't been playing together that long, there's a lot of room for, uh, let's say, ver uh, uh, what's the word for it? the the dress the uh, the difference in performance level. Why am I blanking on the word? What like they the the uh, difference between them playing at their best and worst is going to be high, and okay. that's the thing that is a big deal is the consistency is not there. The volatility is there. That's the word I was looking uh -huh. for, and so that allows for these teams with other high skill players like J Storm. To potentially upset, so I'm not. I don't want to rule out that the J Storm or the Fighting Papayas could possibly take that second major spot simply because these two major teams have not really had time to refine their roster uh, as like a unit, uh, which means in Dota a team game that's always possible. And I think it's going to become harder and harder as the season goes on to do that. But in the first major, maybe the second major, it's quite possible. Variance, somebody said in chat. That is another word I was looking for. Variance. There you go. Um, yeah, it's, I find it hard to believe because even, even with that logic, uh, it, it's, it's solid, but you do have teams, all these other teams are also these new rosters that are coming together. So you'd figure the skill certainly of uh, a team like team Quincy is going to just out carry enough. And I think the, the format's friendly enough for that. Like if, if we yeah, had like a you know, best of one group stage matches and it, that, that's not the case, you know, it's, it's a GSO format into a full playoff. So because of that leeway there, I, I think you should expect the EG and Team Qu uh, Quincy squads to be Absolutely. moving through. So, um, Southeast Asia, the the next region, uh, region, excuse me, on the list there. Again, it's I, I guess it really is a case for all these regions. Uh, so previewing is is a bit difficult, but uh, really wide open as far as expectation goes uh, from Southeast Asia. Um, you have teams like Fnatic, but of course their makeup of a couple of new players themselves probably would expect them to be on top of the list of what uh, to move forward. But also Geek Fan for me has been one that somewhat stood out. Uh, now picking up uh, Raven and Cuckoo, also looking at Ryoya as a position two, and then you got Zephyr and Dubu making the squad. So this is one of these, uh, they've been an organization in Southeast Asia for at least several years now. Never really have had a very, very strong team. I think this is certainly their strongest and uh, maybe one to look out for in, in SEA, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I... I'm mainly looking at 23 Savage. I've talked about it. He's just a young guy that um, I think he's like 15 or 16. Obviously, playing the carry role appeals to me even more so than normal when watching an up-and-coming player. Uh, i just always curious to see what kind of transition these types of players make. He's in the same realm as Gunner for me. You know, They were on the same team going in the TI qualifiers. They're just two players that have proven that they can compete with the best, but what's that going to bode for them when they've got the veteran leadership that they've kind of never had. 
uh, going into the next season. And so a team like this is really going to uh, fanatic is who I'm talking about. Their success is drastically going to, to is going to be determined by, I believe his adjustment and growth as a player. So these are the type of players I like to look out for because I think we know what to expect from the other four players on that roster. Uh, Moon at the two, Ice 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 at the three, DJ at the four, and Jabs at the five. Uh, And it's a matter of how well that final piece of the puzzle can bring it all together, kind of like the Sumail of TI5. Well, then you got South South America, of course, to round it up. Uh, A a region that, you know, not the highest expectations always, but – with the run, uh, with the run at TI of Infamous, you know it's it's this certainly is a region that has grown over the years. This whole DPC format has allowed for that. That was the purpose of it in the first place, and I do think we are starting to see more and more of it come to fruition. Um, I, I still think those growing pains will continue into this season. I don't think we're there just yet as far as all of a sudden all these breakout teams from South America. But uh, are there any any squads that have your eye from South America? Uh, I'm under the impression that the infamous squad will have a new organization. And as of now, they've proven to be the most consistent. That, that roster has proven to be the most consistent, not only roster, but performing team out of South America. Um, and that region is kind of volatile, like North America, where a lot of people swap. Teams don't last very long. Lack of success maybe contributes to that mm-hmm. in both regions. And so I'm, I'm heavily leaning towards infamous or the squ- the previous infamous squad being rather dominant in that region. And Bergessa. Yes. <laughs> and Bergessa. The, the, the cat cheeseburgers, yes. I believe is the proper term. They, they should, whoever picks them up, they should allow them to keep that logo at least. Yeah, so for cute. sure. Uh, no, it's certainly uh, the team to, uh, to beat in South America there though, coming off of that success, of course. So, all right, so those are the six regions. Um, again, as far as the previewing goes, at least a couple of teams went over. Hopefully uh, helpful there as far as information, but it, it's there is really an unknown. So no matter how much research you do, going into this first cycle, we're going to definitely start getting more answers and uh, moving forward here. So, um, But we are running a little bit longer, so I think that uh, means uh, we can be coming to a conclusion here for our second episode of the Wombo Combo. Uh, big shout-out to CCNC once again for joining us a little bit later on than, than, than planned and had a little bit of a hashtag production value going on there. But you know what? We got the content. That's what matters. So I'm sure you guys enjoyed that interview. And big shout-out again for him for coming on. Uh, BSJ, before we officially close, anything else? Uh, I'm just really looking forward to watching the qualifiers this weekend. Uh, I This will be our first dose of TI, or of Dota since TI. There's been some small changes, uh, and even though it'll be similar to TI, I always like to see the new meta update from all the best players in the world, and that's what I'm going to be looking for coming on next week. Yeah, you teased it a little bit. There was that patch that came out earlier today. A couple of minor changes overall, but still it could be interesting to see uh, what comes of it leading in to the uh, – the qualifiers kicking off on October 5th. That's a Saturday as we're recording this podcast. So shout out to you guys for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Again, hopefully you enjoyed. Feel free to leave feedback. Going to make a Reddit post as always after the fact on the episode. We are on Spotify as well as iTunes, guys. You can check us out. And we are going to be live recording every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. That is at least the plan. Of course, we'll let you know if that at all changes. But every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern and then after that on Spotify and iTunes. And also the chat interaction. We love uh, having you guys ask questions in chat. Definitely want to do more of that as well in future episodes. 
But until next time, thank you once again for tuning in. We'll see you. Have a good night.